Right, today, like I said, I'm going to speak on understanding so that we can know, you know, when we can know what understanding is, I'm sure we will open our hearts to understanding. The Bible says, be of an understanding heart. So uh, it's something that we can open ourselves up to, to be of an understanding heart. Uh, so many times we think that understanding is something that we do with our mind, our brain. And I've seen it so many times, you know, when I preach the grace message, um, uh, to people in different, different places, especially when they hear it for the first time, they say, but Bertie, how do I understand this? You know, what about this verse? What about this verse? Uh, how do I apply grace to this area of my life? And it's almost like a method, you know, that uh, grace becomes another method, uh, you know, that we try to work. It's like we've got our certain belief over here, and then we've got, like we had the law, so, so a principle that we work to get a breakthrough. Now we've got another principle that we're going to try and work to get a breakthrough by believing things like this song said now, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not guilty anymore. I'm not filthy anymore. So we, we hear those things, and it's, a, it's something that we accept in our mind, but the principle, the belief of why it is like that is not understood. And once, and I think this is what Paul was after in his writings in Ephesians as well. He says, I pray that God will give you an enlightened mind or a mind of understanding that you might understand the gospel. An enlightened mind doesn't just talk about the cognitive mind. It talks about a belief, <clears throat> how we believe and, and what we believe. So the moment we believe the right thing, the moment we understand the principle by which God uh, operates when it comes to us, the principle by which God operates between Him and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Once that becomes part of our belief, I believe um, you cannot be taught much after that. You've, you've arrived basically um, to to uh, because the basic principle that's in your heart will interpret everything in your life. Um, that basic principle will interpret. Uh, every situation, like a business opportunity or um, if you lose a job, for instance, if you don't get a job, uh, how, how to look at it, how to interpret it, uh, if sickness comes to your house, should something like that happen, or if the oil price goes up and the economy is in a mess, all those kind of things will be interpreted from that new belief. So when you understand the gospel... Uh, with your heart, not your mind, with your heart, then the thoughts of your mind are ordered in connection or in line with the understanding that is in the heart. So um, I'm going to talk about this understanding in the heart. I want to read from Matthew. You can just write this down. I'm not going to, we're not going to spend time, you guys, paging around. Uh, Matthew 13 from verse 3, it says, And he, Jesus now, spoke many things to them in parables, saying, uh, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seed fell on the wayside or on the road, and the fowls of the, uh, the, fowls of the earth of the air devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprang up because they had no deepness of earth, and when the sun was up, they were scourged, and, um, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell into the good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then I want to read verse 14. It says, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, 
which says, By hearing they shall hear and not understand, and by seeing they shall see, see and not perceive. For these people's hearts has grown fat or gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have, sh have closed. Semicolon explaining why they've done it. Lest at any means they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. So Jesus comes here and he says, these peoples, there are certain people that don't understand the gospel. The whole parable of the sower is actually about understanding the gospel and uh, what place the gospel has in our hearts. Um, and if we understand that parable in that way, uh, we, we, can, we will give, the, we will see the, uh, the consequences of giving the gospel the best place in our life and not mixing the gospel with other messages, but keeping the gospel message pure. You know, be, just before the service, I spoke to, to Van and Lizelle, and they said to me that they didn't, they were listening to the message of grace, but in the area where they were, there weren't other grace teachings in that area, but they wanted fellowship, so they did go to some churches, and afterwards realized that they can't do it. It's better to be lonely and sit in the truth than to have friends, you know, it's like the Bible says, the blind leads the blind, and they both fall into the ditch. So uh, you, you can have friends, it's, it's it, friends in death. <laughs> or will you rather be alone in life? Um, and when we understand this, this whole thing, we will see what, what it takes to have fruit in our lives. And what it takes is not your human effort or your hard will to try and produce fruit. It's just a basic understanding of the gospel. So here he says, Isaiah prophesied about people who didn't understand the gospel. Um, and he was actually pointing to... Matthew 12, where he was preaching at a place, and he was preaching there, and then they said, your parents, your mother and your father is calling you. You know, your mother's calling you, come to the house. And then he says, who, who are my, who's my family? And he says, you are my brothers and my sisters, those that hear and obey my word, those that listen to the gospel of grace, the message of God's unconditional love, and they can believe and yield to it. Th those are my family. And then he goes on into Matthew 13 explaining the parable of the sower of people seeing the gospel all the time, but they don't understand it. And this is what, what I believe. They got offended at him because he was a carpenter's son. He was a normal person. And they wanted this big Jesus, this big Messiah, you know, to come and, and, and save them. It's almost like the Apostle Paul. You know, we, uh, um, if, if we would have Paul preach here, or if you, or if you could have Peter preach here, uh, most people will rather have Peter because Peter walked with Jesus. But Paul never walked with Jesus. He just had visions of Jesus, you know. Uh, he, he was a, a very young man by the time Stephen was done. And then years later, he became a, a disciple of the Lord. So he never saw Jesus when Jesus walked on the earth. Um, so, we, we, I mean, who do you want to speak to? The guy that really walked with Jesus or the guy who only had a vision? And even in that time, it, it was like that. When, when God sent Paul, you know, they looked at him and say, well, he's just a timid little guy. Who is this? You know, we, we can't hear him, but they would rather give attention to the big apostles of God, you know, that comes in the uh, packaged right. You know, they walked with Jesus. They know better. And uh, uh, he's basically talking about this. 
it's like with me. Um, I've given some teachings on finances, for instance. Uh, when it comes to, um, you, you know, that you don't have to tie to prosper and all those kind of things. And while I gave those teachings, the first time I gave those teachings, I had nothing. So what rich man that believed that he became rich through tithing and sowing and reaping is now going to believe me? And I, I just say all these things to explain that one verse there, verse 14. So he says there that these people have closed their eyes, they've closed their ears, lest they would understand the gospel and repent and I would heal them. The issue was, I want healing, but I don't want this Jesus to heal me. He doesn't come packaged right. You know, he's, just this, he's not the big Messiah, so I get my healing from this. It's like somebody saying, uh, you know, uh, uh, let, let me use myself as an example. You've got a mega church. Um, I've got 30 people sitting here now. A leader of a mega church says, I got my teaching on finances from Bertie that's got 30 people. <laughs> so even if it is the truth, he'll close his eyes, he'll close his ears, lest he has to say that I was taught by him. And that's the very same thing here. It's not that understanding is taken away from us by God. That, that verse was always read like, God causes people not to understand. No, no, no. That God does not cause people not to understand. God wants to bring understanding to every person. But we close our eyes, we close our ears, um, to, lest we should say, you know, uh, uh, that person taught me because we've got a certain belief system that we believe things need to come in but sometimes it comes packaged different and this is what he talks about here some seed fell on the road and that seed talks about the word the gospel Jesus explains it in Matthew let me just what he basically said there they, they willfully don't want to see, see the revelation they willfully don't want to hear what you're actually trying to say um, it's like the one guy came and, and, and on his television station, he's got a new station uh, on TV now amongst the gospel channels, and I listened to him, and I saw his channel was actually very nicely organized, and it looks very good. So, um, and, but I listened to one of his programs, and he went and started to badmouth Joseph Prince, and said, this guy works for the Antichrist. So I had to phone him. Yeah, I had to phone the guy. So I phoned him up. I said to him, listen, man, you know what? Jo Joseph Prince doesn't say what you say he says. They, they, they say. He said that Joseph Prince says that you can go and sin as, as you like. I said, that's rubbish. I said, that guy says that grace empowers you not to sin. But the law empowers you unto sin. That's... And so the guy was shocked because I didn't think he expected somebody to phone him. And I said, this is the verses the guy quotes. And I just, because I've listened to some of Joseph Prince's stuff. So I just defended him there a bit, you know. But when I, while I spoke, I could hear that he would say he would not willfully not listen lest he understands the revelation and say, the guy that I thought was my enemy, I've learned from him. And that is the context of this. So understanding is, when we open our hearts and our minds to hear the true doctrine of the gospel to, to, to the point that it changes our belief so that we understand with our hearts. And what understanding with the heart means is, you started to believe something. The, the word understand uh, also means the following. It means to have the same idea. This is what Webster says. Webster said so beautifully. To understand means to have the same idea as the one who speaks. 
to have the same idea. <laughs> so when you understand the gospel is when the idea that God has, you've got the same idea. And what is God's idea? God's idea is, I will give my life for you. And my life will be reckoned as your life. And my quality of life in the Trinity will be your quality of life as a free gift. My idea is that you will stand in fellowship with me based on my spirit in you and not your good works. That's God's idea. When that becomes your idea, that's my idea of life, then you understand the gospel. When his idea becomes your idea, when his concept becomes your concept, his concept is that, that, that we are innocent before him and that, the, that we cannot have any relationship with him on the foundation of we feeling indebted to him. That's his concept. His concept is the concept of absolute equality between man and God. His concept is the concept of absolute innocence between God and man. And from there, we start our Christian walk with Him. That's the concept when the gospel is preached. When that concept becomes the concept from where you reason and think, you've understood the gospel. You've understood now he says here, they close their eyes, they close their ears, lest they should understand. Because when you understand, listen what happens there in verse 14, then you will repent. Okay? You, you, your mind will be changed. So you get this information. Once this information settles in your heart, this is the way it settles. When the concept of God becomes your concept, then you'll find your mind will now, you will start to think different about life. You'll start to think different about certain situations. You'll start to think different about the size of your house and your car. You'll start to think different about income and money. Money will not be a, a status symbol anymore. You know, where you stay, what you drive, I said all the time, who your friends are, will not be the determining factor in your life anymore. You'll start to see people in a different light. You'll start to look at situations in a different way. Because the co your concept, the concept from where you live has changed. And because the concept has changed, which is called understanding, your mind changes, your thoughts are directed by your belief. And that's what he's saying there. So... Listen to what happens. The moment we understand the gospel, when his concept becomes our concept, we'll repent and listen to this. Then he will heal us. That's what it says there. Then he will heal us. You read verse 14 again. It says, And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. Verse 15. For these people's hearts is wax gross. In other words, they, what, what it means is they became fat in their belief about uh, the law system. They, 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 are, they, they feel the law was good to me. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest at any time they should see with their e eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their hearts, and, I, and, and should be converted, and I should heal them. I've seen it so many times in people's lives. Even in this church, people come to, come to the church, they hear the gospel over the web. I've seen so many people, they hear the grace message, they hear the grace message. They still say, but I don't see a change in my life. I don't see a change in my life. 
But then I see, as they hear, there comes a time when God's concept becomes their concept. Where they start to think from God's perspective. I had it in my own life. There was a time when I, I got into the grace message and I, you know, God is a God of love and God's a God of care and everything, but I didn't see the manifestation of it in my life. Because my heart was still under the law. The law said, well, if I'm in grace now, then God must do this and this and this. It was something I understood with the mind. That's why I don't believe in just awakening unto the truth. I believe in believing the gospel. We don't have to change the words of the gospel. You know, when somebody hears the truth, you know, and he awakens unto the truth, it means he acknowledges that there is a truth like that. It doesn't mean that he believes it, that it became his concept from where he lives, from where he reasons. So, thank God that our minds can be enlightened in the sense of we can have knowledge of the truth. That's why the Bible doesn't say just those who've got knowledge will be saved. It says those who believe. Believe means who, who, who rest their minds in the integrity of God, who believe with a heart. It became their belief system. I've seen it so many times. People get saved when they believe. Now, let's forget about heaven and hell for a moment. We just talk about this life. When God's concept becomes your concept, I find that the power of the Holy Spirit starts to manifest in his life. And peace comes. doesn't matter what the situation is. And then I see a change of situation. I see a change of situation. You know, so I, I, I'm, I've seen it over and over, even in my life. You know, it was like, well, if I'm getting the grace message now, then my ministry will explode. No, you might be persecuted for what you preach. Yeah, more than like, you, you might be cut out of networks. You know, it, it might all become smaller. And that's what happened to me. I mean, in the first four years of our ministry, Leon and I led 400,000 people to Jesus face to face. I'm not talking about television. I'm talking about going out, reaching the lost. In four years with no money. Then I got into the grace message and the thing just became smaller and smaller and smaller. <laughs> to the point that we didn't even do outreaches anymore. In the meantime, God was just teaching me the gospel, which was, thank God that I was a bit away, that I could get a better understanding so that I can preach the truth to people. Hallelujah. So, uh, um, and now the thing is expanding again. But what happened was, in this time, in these years, his concept became my concept. I can't look at people, any, I, I can look at things people do and I can say that's not good, but when I look at the person, I only see them in the light of innocence. Because if one died, then all are dead. If Jesus took away the sin of the world, their sins are taken away. The concept of belief in the heart and the manifestation of life is, became my concept. So whenever I deal with people, I deal with them on that basis. Always, be it through my actions, be it through what I say, trying to lead them to the place where they can understand the gospel. Understand is not a cognitive thing. Understanding means when the, when the principle of God becomes their principle. Understanding according to Webster's, when your idea is the same idea as the one that speaks. That's understanding. Then you understand. An idea is something that comes from... You know, you, you can have an idea... You know, when I say idea, I, I, I feel it here. It is, I've got this wonderful idea, let's do this. It was born from your belief. It was born from the inside. Okay? 
So here we can clearly see that once this belief comes, what happens, or this concept is in your heart, then He comes and heals us. I've seen it so many times, and I've said it over and over. We see the fruit manifesting in our lives from that belief. And here Jesus comes and He explains the parable of the sower. Um, Hear therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understands it not, then comes the wicked one, or that wicked one is also the Greek word evil one, the one full of labor and annoyance, okay, and catches away that which is sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now listen to this. The word receive is the word lambano. means to grab a hold of and make use of. He that receives seed, that makes use of the word of God on the road. What is the road according to the Old Testament people? It was the way they believed would be the way unto salvation. In other words, we want to have a law-based interpretation of the grace message. We want to apply the law. We want to, we want to incorporate this gospel message into our law way of thinking. It cannot work. It's like taking the, the new wine, putting it into old wineskins. It's not going to work. So it is, I, I believe, it's like, for instance, um, five steps to a breakthrough in town. Now I get the grace message. <laughs> okay? Now I want to apply the grace message as the sixth step in how to get a breakthrough in town. So we bind the devil. Then we confess the sins of the forefathers. Okay? Then we get all the smurfs out of our house. <laughs> Did you see in my car in the window the smurf is hanging there? <laughs> no, that, he said he broke the curse over the smurf. smurf. Uh, okay. Almost double broken. Just. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, uh, we get all that and then we realize that the new thing that God is doing is, is the message of worship. So then we worship, and now the latest thing is the grace message. So we incorporate grace here. What will happen? The Bible says the wicked one, the one full of labor and annoyance, the law system, will come and snatch that away, and it will not be able to bear fruit. In other words, it will have no value to you. It will just be another law. It will just be another law. Okay, that's he that receives seed by the wayside. I like that word receive. You hear the word and then you receive it into the area where you think is best. He, those who received seed on the road. In other words, you go to a, uh, you preach on the internet, you preach somewhere or you share with a friend. He receives the seed into the area of life where he sees fit. So when we are here, and you hear the gospel of grace, those who watch by the, by the web, w when we receive the seed, we can't receive it as another law. It can't happen. It is not an addition to the law message. Okay? The second one, it says, um, But he that receives the seed into the stony places, to them it is that he hears the word and receives it with joy, and has no root in himself, but dureth for a while, for when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word, by and by he is offended. So there are those that hear the gospel of grace, but it doesn't have a root in them. I want to explain that. 
it is sown on stony places. The stone talks about the, 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 the Ten Commandments that was written on stone. It was, there was a little bit of soil. There was, this person received it in a way that he said, listen, I want this to grow in my life, but I'm not going to get rid of the law system because he still got value for the law system. And then when this thing grows and he starts to say something like in church, I've seen it the first time I got a hold of the grace message. You stand up and you say, oh my goodness, you know, Jesus Christ came and brought righteousness as a free gift. We don't have to work anything to be righteous before God. It's a free gift. And people would come and say, so are you saying, you know, or people would say, Bert is just preaching a license to sin. Then I'm offended at that. And I say, Oh my goodness, I don't want that persecution. Or people say, I'm going to kick you out of the church because you're preaching this, then you get offended. Meaning, well, okay, I will leave this now and continue in the old way because I've still got great sentiment for the old law system. I haven't got, gotten rid. It's like the same as the first one. Just you're giving it a little bit more place. You still will mix it in, you know. I, I'm mixing it in. I'm, 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 I'm giving it some soil. I want this to grow. I want to see some effect of this grace. It really sounds good. It's happy. Glory to God. It's, it's a cognitive thing. Hallelujah. I'm innocent. Gl glory to God. But the reasoning from where you live is still the law. It is still the law. I feel innocent, but I don't understand God's concept. I don't understand why I'm innocent. Okay? Then the next thing where it comes, it says, some of the seed was sown amongst the weeds. So people receive it, they plant it. When, they, when you receive it, it's where you plant it. When you hear it, you plant it in a certain place in your life. I plant it amongst the weeds. Paul calls, uh, Jesus calls the weeds the cares of this life, the pride of life, the love of money. You plant it into that category. Okay, this thing is only there to help me in these areas of life. Th th that's it. What happens? The, the cares of this world will cause the seed not to bear fruit. But the last one he says there, he says, those that hear the word and understand the word. In other words, when you hear the word and that concept of God, you, you receive the seed into the very depth of your life where you say, this is not something that I'm going to use to have peace for today. This is not something I'm going to use just to get rid of my fear for a moment. This is the only truth. And I receive, receive Lambano, I grab a hold of with a purpose to make use of it to the point that I say this concept becomes the only concept that I have. I want to go through the concept again. This is the concept. God became a man. This man represents every human being. If this man, which was under the law, could die, then every person that had a relationship with God based on the law has died. If this man can be raised up in human flesh, it means that every human being has got access to the Trinity life by this human being. And that we stand innocent before God forevermore. And this is the concept from where God thinks and reasons. And this is my concept. When that becomes the very depth, the only place, the only thought, the only concept from where you reason. That's what the Bible says. They, these are those that understand the gospel. And they bear fruit. 
I want, to say, I want to say they bear fruit. The seed bears fruit in them. This concept will bear fruit. It will bear fruit in your mind. It will give you love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, temperance, meekness, and faith. That's what it will bring forth in you. Not as your willpower, but as something manifesting in you. you know, why will you have peace? Because the concept from where you live changes your way of thinking about things. But what if this contract doesn't come through and I go bankrupt? Oh, well, so what about it? Because I'm always righteous before God and I've got a Father that will always care for me anyway. Peace. <laughs> so peace wasn't something you had to try and confess all, all the day. I, I watch on TV now again. They said, like, put the right word in your mouth because what you put in your mouth today is what you're going to reap tomorrow. My goodness, no. Have the right... When you hear the gospel, receive the seed in the right place. Where do you receive the seed? We cannot receive the seed on the stony places. We can't receive the seed amongst the cares of this world. We receive the seed in the depth of our being. The gospel is not just one little concept over here. The cares of this world is another concept by which we judge ourselves. The love of money is another concept by which we judge ourselves. No, no. There's only one concept. It's the concept of God in human flesh seated in the Trinity. Which is the way for us unto that quality of life. Should we understand or believe this gospel? Hallelujah. You know that scripture in First John makes so much sense. He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son does not have life. You who have the Son. We were thinking of, of the concept of if Jesus died for everybody, everybody's got life. No. You who have the Son, you who have made use of this Son, you will have life. I didn't have any life prior to understanding this Gospel. Prior to the place where this Gospel was the, the only concept from where placed in my heart. Hallelujah. There was, there was no life. It was just death. It was fear always grabbing a hold, you know, of our minds. Listen to what, what the Bible says in Isaiah 11, talking about Jesus. It says from verse 1, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. This talks about Jesus, because Jesus was descendant of Jesse. Um, Jesse was the father of David. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall be upon Jesus, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And this Spirit shall make him, Jesus, of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. Okay, so what will happen? All this wisdom and knowledge that Jesus received, what will it bring him? Great understanding. When you look at Jesus, his very heart, the concept that was inside him, that where he lived from was only this concept that he is the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world he is the Son of God yet he's also the Son of Man representing every human being and that he is the way of life unto everyone Jesus even prayed this in John 17 he said, he said Father grant them to have eternal life this is eternal life to know you the only true God Amen. Amen. When, we've come, when we come to experiential knowledge you know, we must realize this when the, when the Bible talks about relationship, I've said it last Sunday, when it comes to relationship between God and man, God used very intimate terms. Because the Trinity, the, 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 the relationship between the Father and the Son, 
and we having that concept is not a concept of, well, he's a God over there and we are people over here. No. He, he uses terms like intimacy. You know the, what the word intimacy means? It's the word sex. That's what he uses to explain our relationship between us and him. And people can be offended for watching that or hearing that, but I'm sorry, God said it in the Bible. If you're upset when I say that, you'll be upset with God. Because He uses the word intimacy, intimate with Him. The word knowledge, know, is the word where the Bible says, and Adam knew Eve and they bore children. He says, this is eternal life if we know God. If we can become one with God. That's where it is. So the concept of Christ can never be. When we understand the gospel, it is not a mental understanding. It is a belief. It's where this truth, the concept of God, became the concept from where we live. That's belief. When we have that, we find fruit coming forth. God comes and He, he inspires Paul in Romans 7, and He talks about a husband and a wife. Look at the intimate terms again. If you sleep with the law, you will bear the fruit of the law, which is death. But you, if you are married to Christ, you shall bear the fruit of Christ using sexual intercourse as a way of explaining our union with God. God, God's desire is to be one with you. Like a husband's desire is to be one with his wife, and the wife's desire is to be one with the husband, that is the desire that is in the very being of God, to be one with a human being. And from that union of no law or condemnation or anything, He shall bring forth His fruit in your life. But where do you receive the word of the kingdom? Do you receive it in the category of slavery? Well, another thing that I must do for God. I must think I'm innocent every day. No, no, no. Well, I'm going to think I'm innocent every day, every day. Okay, because if I don't think I'm innocent, then God's going to be upset with me. No. God wants your belief to understand that you cannot be guilty. He took away the sin of the whole world. He wants your belief to understand that this union with this belief and with what is done for us when it becomes the, fa the, the, the fundamental truth in our life that He can only bring forth His kingdom to manifest in your life through that. That's why we preach the gospel. So that people, so that those who don't willfully close their eyes and their ears, but has got an ear with a purpose to hear, an eye with a purpose to see, can receive the word, not in the stony places, not amongst the cares of this world, but they can receive it into the very depth of their being, saying, I make this principle the core principle from where I think and reason everything in my life. <coughs> and from there we bear forth fruit. Hallelujah. So here he says, listen to what he says here in, in Isaiah 11. He says, God made Jesus, or the, or the Spirit of wisdom and knowledge, made Jesus to be of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And listen to this, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reproof after the hearing of his ears. So what it means is, because Jesus understood the gospel, he didn't judge people by their works. <laughs> that's what it means if you really understand the gospel you can go to a woman caught in the very act of adultery and you can say 
I cannot condemn you. Because he understood the principle. The, the, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of wisdom, gave Jesus the ability to understand. And because the principle of life was written on the heart of Jesus, and he said, this is the principle, if I'm baptized in the Jordan River, and I take the sin of the whole world upon me, and I come to a woman that's caught in the very act of adultery, I cannot condemn her, for her sins is on me and not on her. Because he understood the gospel. He understood his purpose. In the same way, when we understand, when something like that happens, we see what it's for, wh wh why it is like that. If I look at my children, my wife, my own life, and I look at things, I, I do what Paul did. Paul had this principle in the depth of his being. He said this, he says, If I sin, it is not I who sin, but sin that is in me that sins. But because I don't want to do this thing, yet I do it, it means it is not I, but the law bearing the fruit of death in me. It is not I. Why could Paul write something like that? Because he understood the principle. It made it the very core, the, the foundation from where he reasoned and interpreted every situation in his life. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't enjoy this message, I enjoy it myself. <laughs> Glory to God. Is the air conditioner on? It's It's not the anointing. It's just warm. <laughs> and he who receives seed amongst the thorns is he that hears the word and the cares of this world. What is the cares of this world? The world talks about the law system, what the law system cares about. All those categories of qualification and everything. The deceitfulness of riches. What is, what is the con concept of deceitfulness of riches when it comes to the Jewish people? This is the concept of the deceitfulness of riches. They believe riches told them you're blessed by God. Or cursed. If you had a lot of money, you're blessed. If you don't have a lot of money, you're cursed. That's, what, that's a deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness of riches will choke the word. So, what does it mean? We don't have any place anymore. We don't sow in our hearts the belief system that the, the, what the world care about, the old law system care about. We don't have the, the, the principle where we define by, by, by finances also sown in our heart. No, it will choke the word. And the word will become unfruitful. We've only got one place. The concept of Him becoming our concept. So that His idea is our idea while He speaks. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 17 says it this way. Wisdom is before him that has understanding, but the eyes of the fool are at the ends of the earth. What that means is, the message says it beautifully, it says, wisdom is at the front door of him that has got understanding. Wisdom means to know what to do, to know how to apply truth in this life. To know what to do in every situation is at the front door of him that's got the principle of God as his only principle in his life. But him, but he that does not have understanding, his eyes is at the end of the earth. 
Meaning, he's looking to the ends of the earth to find the right thing to do in the situation because he doesn't know what to do. Because that principle is not written. <laughs> Most of the right thing to do is to rest. Really. Safest thing, rest. Let God do something. But that, that cannot be part of your thought pattern unless... You know, let me give an idea. I went to America now. I preached there a lot. Many, many sessions. I came back. I think I worked out. I preached more than what a normal Dwemeni preaches in a year. <laughs> I preached in a month. So I, I, I came back and, and then I said, okay, I, I, I preached my heart out, you know. So I came back and then I opened the Bible. Listen to this. I opened the Bible and I said, Lord, I want to seek some revelation. In the, the grace revelation, obviously, in more scriptures. So I'm going to study the Bible now to get more revelation. And you know what was in my mind? This was the temptation that the enemy brought. Because you can't preach the same thing again. Because these people, you've preached in the U.S., they, 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 they webcast your stuff, so they hear you say the same thing over and over and over and over, using the same verses. So you must get something new now. I opened the Bible, and when I, before I read, I said, that's rubbish, because it doesn't fall in line with the principle. The principle is not, I am the new revelation I preach, or the new verse I use. The God, there's only one gospel. And even if I use the same verses for the rest of my life, I'm still preaching the truth. And then I'll use it for the rest of my life. So I closed my Bible and did no Bible study, rested. And it was the best thing I could have done. And then one day I picked it up and I read Matthew 13 about the sower. Hallelujah. And the word understand there was understand with a heart. Amen. Somebody's playing video games while I preach. <laughs> My time's up. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, so I was just, re I, I, I just read here, and, and you know what? Revelation in a verse, you cannot think it up. I just read that verse there, and it says, lest they understand with their heart. And wow, the concept of understand with the heart. Opened Webster's understanding to have the same idea as the one that speak. Thank you, God. You know, the very same thing again. How long did it take me to... To, to get this message that I'm preaching you today? Three minutes. That's it. But you can study for a whole week and get at the end of the week and have nothing. Because you, by human willpower, try to get something outside of the concept of who He is. There's only one message. It's the concept of God. Anything preached outside of that is foolishness. It says wisdom. The correct action, what to do in this life. Should I do this or should I do that? Is at the front door of him that's got understanding. But understanding is so far from him. But wisdom is so far from him that's got no understanding. You run to the ends of the earth. You do the weirdest things. To bind the spirit of sin out of a smurf is really the ends of the world. <laughs> trying all kinds of wisdom now to get something to work. You know, it, it, it doesn't make sense. That's it. That's exactly it. 
Right believing, which is this, this concept. If you believe the right thing, that produces the right life. Yeah. It's not we l live the right... If you think that you must live the right life, the concept's wrong. <laughs> because God's concept is not, I want you to live right. God's concept is, I want you to believe the truth. I want you in fellowship with me. In the Trinity. Let's end off with this verse. Proverbs 4 verse 20. Since the end bell has already rang. <laughs> It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears unto my sayings. This is how, oh, hallelujah. Let them not depart from your eyes. My son, attend to my concept, my word, my logos, my logic. When you read the Bible, please don't read the Bible uh, to see words. Read the Bible to understand God's logic. He's, what's logical to him? Okay? Attend to my logic. Incline your ear to my sayings or slogans. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. See, this is the whole thing with a sower. Some was not sown in the midst of the heart. You see, the, 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 the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life were in the midst of the garden. Meaning, this is the center from where everything, where everything revolves around. So when we hear the word, we sow it in the midst of our heart, in the very core place, from where everything comes forth. And our thoughts will be directed by our belief. Our interpretation of situations will be interpreted by our belief. And if your belief is a belief where you see as righteous, blessed, uh, 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 you know, in, in equality with God because of His doing, not your doing, because of His choice, you'll interpret every situation from that platform and you will always walk in peace. And He will bear His fruit in you. Let them not depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. How do we find the Word of God? The way you find the Word of God is when that Word is not something that's in your, just in your cognitive mind, but when you said, this cognitive thought, this, this idea that is preached to me, it becomes the fundamental point of reasoning from where I live. I live from the platform of my innocence. I live from the platform of no consciousness of sin. I live from the platform of my union with God. Father, Son, husband, wife, one flesh. And a husband, the Bible says, and, and, and the husband and the wife will become one flesh. Okay? What, what was it a sign of? It was a sign of Jesus and the church. Adam was a type of Christ. And the church is was a type of Eve. Or Eve was a type of the church. And they will become one flesh and will bear fruit. And God became flesh. And that flesh, in other words, God became one with the flesh of man. He became flesh and that flesh man went and sat in the Trinity. So that we can be unified, one flesh with a Godhead. Amen. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah, this is good news. This is the gospel, man. This is what sets people free. That becomes the very core. Those that, that take this word and you say, I don't receive it in a stony place. I don't receive it as an addition to the law. 
I don't receive it in the category of the cares of this life. I receive this word as the fundamental truth from where I live. Those have found the word. And what happens when you find the word? It is health to all your flesh. Once you found it, and thank God health for all the flesh. We always thought it was the healing of a flu. No, no, thank God it heals you from your flesh. What that means is health to all the flesh. The flesh was corrupted and sick by the law, and the law used the flesh to manifest all kinds of death in you, and it will heal the flesh. So you don't live by that system anymore. Glory to God. Romans 7, what is the sickness of the flesh? The sickness of the flesh is, the moment I want to do good, I can't. You'll be healed from that sickness when you find the Word. And it's not something you do. The whole concept here is, if you want to know what you must do, let me explain to you what you must do. This is what you must do. Keep the Word in your eye. Keep the Word in your ear. What Word? Not the Bible. The concept of the Gospel is the Word of God. The concept of the Gospel, you know, the, the, the one, one guy said, you know, Whatever you say today is what you're going to have tomorrow. And the first thing came to my mind, now what about the mute? He's cursed. God can't work for him because he can't confess. Can't speak. Huh? Yeah. And what about the blind in Africa that can't read the Bible? They can't do the braille thing. They don't know it. So now, sorry, we keep the, the word in our eyes, meaning we see the concept of the gospel. We see, we envision our union with God. We keep it in our ears. Amen. So what we hear, when, when the word is spoken, we hear the very saying of God. We don't hear all the words around it. We hear the saying which is innocence righteousness for free, holiness for free, equality with me, seated at the right hand of the Father with Christ. You'll sit with Him in His throne. That's what He says. That's where we live from. Hallelujah. So, let me not go into another verse. Let's finish. For they are life to those that find them. The Bible says this is eternal life, to know the only true God. So if you, if you hear His word, it must be knowledge of how good God is union with Him. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Put away from you a fraud mouth, and perverse lips put far from you. That doesn't talk about what you say. It talks about what somebody else says. Let me explain it. The con concept here is to hear the message, to see the message. Let this message have the deepest place in your heart. Once the, the concept of the gospel is settled in your heart, then you protect that concept with everything. You don't allow anything else. How do you protect it? By keeping a fraud mouth away from you. What is a fraud mouth? Another message that's preached to you. You keep it away from you. This thing of, I must just say everything right every day. My goodness. You, who's going to say everything right every day? And who determines what's the right thing to say anyway? The thing is going to be a mess. I, I, I am not what I say every day. I am what God spoke 
2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. I can believe something and from that faith I can speak forth. Thank God for that. But that does not determine my life. My life is determined by the eternal word seated at the right hand of God who speaks about me every moment of the day. The Bible says that Jesus sits at the right hand of God forever making intercession for us. It doesn't mean He's praying. I mean God. To who does God pray? Jesus doesn't pray for you every day when He makes intercession for you. His being is the intercession. Who He is, the fact that God is in human flesh, talks about intercession before you. Talks about who you are. That is God's Word. Thank you, Lord. His Word heals us. So, you can say, but I want to understand the Gospel. Receive the seed in the fertile ground. That's how you understand the Gospel. Receive the seed in the fertile ground, the very depth of your being. The, the place where you say, this is how you receive it. And this is what I, I found in that uh, uh, passage there. I receive the seed in the depth of my heart saying, this is the only concept. This idea of God is the only idea from where I reason. That's the understanding of the gospel. His concept becomes my concept. It's a very simple concept. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I want to thank you for your beautiful gospel. It's a good message. And the best of it all, it's the truth. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're not busy with a lie. We're busy with the resurrection power that you gave to us from where we can live. We don't live from any other power but the power of resurrection. Thank you, my God, that we don't try to live a new life. You've ra you, you raise us up by your gospel. Thank you, Lord, that we don't only try and awake unto something, but it enters the very depth of our heart where it becomes the only thing, the concept from where we live and believe and reason. Our mind is renewed by this gospel that's in our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And now we are converted, and you healed all our flesh. What a beautiful life. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for everybody that is here. I declare you are blessed and healed, uh, prosperous in every area of your life. You're content. You, you, you're happy because of this gospel. Every person watching via the internet, I stretch forth my hands towards you. I declare that you are the righteousness of God. There's only one concept it, it, until eternity from where God will think about you. And it's time for you to slot into that concept, make it the only concept from where you think. You are free in Jesus' mighty name, righteous by the blood of Jesus, all a free gift unto you. God loves you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Miku. Um, we've got some snacks at the back to celebrate this man's birthday. So thank you, Lord, that, that when he sees us, he sees his glory. Thank Changed you, lives through the truth of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, that, that he has remained standing in this truth throughout persecution, throughout lies being spread about Him, people saying all sorts of st stuff about Him. Lord, we just praise, praise You for this man, yeah. 
for his family that has stood by him, his sons you, and Lord. his wife. Lord, we just thank you for this man. Thank you, Lord, Jesus. and we just pray, Lord, that as he sees us, he sees his glory. Change you, lives Lord. through the thank you, through Lord. the ministry of the gospel of God, which is preached to us. So we just honor this man. Thank you, thank Lord, you, that Father. he is the blessed of God, that he is the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord, that the word that he preaches is the power of God. It is not some small gospel that is being preached down here from the dust. This word is the power of God, the true power of God. Thank, thank you, Lord, Lord, for this thank man. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this uh, you, 40th birthday that he can celebrate. Thank you, Lord, for lives around the world that are changed as they listen to what He preaches. Thank you, Lord, for ears that are open to receive what He says, for hearts that are open for fertile ground that receives this message, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hallelujah.